Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. get Jesus. Come on, let's get Jesus some praise in this place. Because that is who he is. That is who he is this morning. Amen. Come on, he's a way maker. He's a way maker. Osietas too. Come on. I can repeat. Let's go. (laughs) So good. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you are a way maker. And God, that you have done so much and provided so much. And Lord, you're doing some things in us today, not just today, but God, you're doing some things in us that, that maybe we can't explain in the moment, but God, we know that your, your Holy Spirit is moving and leading and, and touching our hearts and our lives. And, and Lord, we celebrate today all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And we pray that you would be lifted up above all things. In Jesus' mighty ah name, and everybody said, "Amen." Why don't you, why don't you high five five people and tell them, "Watch out, watch out!" You can take a seat today. I've got a feeling that might happen one or two more times today. Somebody uh, let Officer Shane know. <laughs> Uh, so we're okay. So we're okay. Hey, I, uh, I, I, I got a couple things before I get in today that I wanna, I wanna, um, I wanna do. But uh, one thing is, I, I thought of, I've been thinking of. It's our second birthday and number two, and, and just yeah, come on. And I was uh, thinking. Uh, about the, just the number two and, and what that meant. And I thought, I thought it was a, a powerful illustration, but I also thought it was a powerful moment to be able to say, when we started this thing, when it was just a prayer, when it was just a dream, when it was just a hope, when, when we didn't know what would happen, we, Kristen and I said, there's two couples that like, we, we wanna be with us. There's two couples that, man, if, if we're going to start this church, we've got to have these two. We, we didn't know uh, everybody's situation. We didn't, you know, some of you we didn't even know uh, then. And, but we said, man, we've we got to have these two couples. And if these two couples don't come, then um, we're going to have to rethink what, we, um, what our prayers were <laughs> uh, and if it was really the Lord or not. But we kind of fleeced the Lord a little bit. And, um, and, and one of those couples, uh, uh, we had said, man, wouldn't it be awesome to uh, have Trace come and lead us in worship and have his wife, Jessica, uh, a part of our church and helping us administrate and helping us run things. And, and we said, man, let's, let's go ask them. And so we went and, um, and, and told them. They were our very first uh, couple that we were able to talk to. And, and so we went to them and we said, hey, um, I feel like God put a dream in our heart. Uh, to start a church, and we, we'd love for y'all to be a part. That's kind of what we see. And, um, and we were like, go home and, and, and pray about it. They're like, cool, we're gonna go home and pray about it, but yes. We're like, we're like, 
We're like, no, 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 like for real, like, you know, it's just a big deal. Like make sure it's a big life decision. They lived in Willis at the time. And uh, there was a lot of life changes that were going to have to happen. And uh, they're like, cool, but yes. And we're like, all right, I'm going to call you in two weeks and uh, I'm not going to bother you. I just, I'll call you back in two weeks to see where you're at. And um, I don't even know if they waited for two weeks. They're like, finally a week and a half. I, I might've made them wait two weeks. I don't know. But finally I say, yo, where y'all at? They're like, man, thank God. We're just, yes. Like we told you, yes, we're good. Let's go. And so uh, just, just so honored uh, that they said yes when um, there wasn't uh, a building to see. There wasn't a chair that was known about. There wasn't uh, a, a sound system. There wasn't drums. There wasn't anything up on stage. There was nobody but me and my wife and an ask. And they said yes. And, uh, and so the other couple, uh, a couple months had passed and I, was, um, I had asked our pastor at the time, I said, hey, um, there's one other couple that I've got to ask before everybody else does or before everybody else knows. And um, I said, would you, would you let me uh, have a conversation with this couple? And um, I, I would love for them to be a part of our church and help us. And so he, uh, he graciously said yes. And so uh, I went to um, Enrique and Carmelita Sefuentes and, and had talked to them. And, and basically it was kind of a, a weird season because we had, uh, me and Enrique were, um, you ever been in sync with somebody? Not like the band in sync, but, um, but just you were, you were hitting like on a spiritual level. I mean, just like man, it, it was crazy. We went through a uh, a four to six months time frame where uh, the Lord was showing me things and Him things, and it was all it all made sense. In fact, He didn't even know He didn't even know some of the stuff that God was doing in me, and He would text me things. And he would text me something that only a conversation that I had with Kristen in our house and nobody else could know. And I was like, bro, do you have cameras in my house? Like, what is going on? Uh, it, was, it was weird. It was crazy. I mean, literally, he would send me a text. Yo, God, show me this. I don't know what it means, but he just would send it to me. And I would just would hold it up to my wife. And I'd be like, you would not believe what this man just sent me. We just talked about this two days ago. And he's saying exactly what what God is doing and, and, and speaking and all, it, it was an amazing time. And, um, and so we said, we got to have Enrique and Carmelita. Um, they had our hearts, they had our backs. Um, and we were like, if we're going to do this, we, f- we feel like this is the second family that, that we would ask to be a part. And uh, I, I, think, I think the thing that's encouraging to me is both of these families, the Frankums and, um, and the Sefuentes family, uh, they both said yes when there was nothing. And, and, and because they said yes, because they, they just weren't saying yes to me, they were saying yes to God and saying yes to what God was doing in, in their hearts and their lives. And I'm so glad that God put us together. And uh, I, I wanna honor those two families today uh, that said yes before there was anything else and anybody else. So, so Frankum, Sefuentes, love you. Thank you. Appreciate you. So good. So, wouldn't be here today if it was not for them. Hey, um, I want to uh, encourage you today. There's so many good things happening today. Uh, everybody say, so good. So good. Come on. We're, we're at the, uh, the fast has ended. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. Like, come on. And uh, so that's done. We're, uh, so we're breaking it hard by eating donuts and celebrating and having a good time. 
Um, we're, we're, we have groups sign up today. Uh, man, it, this, hey, listen, we're dedicated this year to really being healthy. Um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, uh, physically. Uh, we, we want us to be a healthy, a holistically, just a healthy um, people. And uh, we want you to be healthy. And so uh, one thing that can help you be healthy is get into a group this semester. We're starting signups today. And uh, we will, uh, signups will be going on for two weeks. You could sign up here in service or like right after service. Uh, you could talk to some of us at the Next Steps area. You can go home to our website and look at it a little bit more. But we want you to sign up uh, because truly we do life together, all right? And so, uh, I'll give you 20 bucks later. And so, um, there, uh, I'm going to highlight all of these really quick, all right? But one of them is, or two of them are the same, but led by two different people. And so uh, this is what we, we introduced this last semester as a pilot group, but we're opening it up to our church, and that is our freedom groups. Uh, it's it's going to be amazing, all right, because we all need to be free because we all have a past. We all have, we all have something that hinders us or keeps us back, and I want you to know that God wants you to be set free from your past, your, your idea of who God is, the people that maybe have hurt you, that you hold on to the hurt or the situations have happened. I'm telling you, we all need freedom. All right. And so uh, Fabian and Leah will be leading one freedom group. Uh, my wife and I will be leading another freedom group. And I'm just going ahead and plug this right now. Listen, there's already people that have signed up for freedom. It is a, um, th this is a, uh, the capacity is limited. It, it's, it's, it's capped. And so uh, if you don't sign up for this today, it's every week uh, for the next 11 weeks or so. Uh, if you don't sign up for Freedom Today, you're not going to be able to be a part of the Freedom Groups because they're going to fill up and um, it's going to be awesome. So I'm just letting you know that today. Make sure you do that. Um, and then we've got uh, a group called Friendship. This is with uh, Trace and Jessica. Uh, they're going to be going out, talking Jesus and eating and having fun at the same time. And so um, love for you to be a part of that group. Uh, this one is, uh, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Uh, Enrique will be leading uh, that one. Uh, we have uh, a ladies' night out where the ladies are going to get together and eat and talk Jesus and, and what it is to read the Bible and, and, and really pour into one another. And then, so listen, the ladies and the men, we got a men's group also called Man to Man. And so one week the men will meet on a Tuesday, and then the next Tuesday, the ladies will meet. The next Tuesday, the men will meet. And so, so what we wanted to do is we wanted to make sure that you had a chance that, that one, you could spend, if, you're, if the men are going to be first this time, okay, sorry ladies, um, but, but the men will go, and so the idea is, is that go be around other fellas, uh, the, the wife or the spouse is at home hanging out with the kiddos, but the next week, the ladies go out, all right? And, and then the, the husbands, they get to spend time with their kiddos as well. And so um, that's kind of the idea there uh, with those groups as we move on. Uh, Never Miss a Monday by Casey Sturgis. Uh, this is going to be a, uh, looks like hikes and trails and kind of like an exercise group. Uh, we're getting healthy, right? Come on. Uh, there's going to be a video game night. Come on, by Norman. Uh, and so if you or your kids like video games, man, that's the place to be. And then if you have students that are uh, junior high and high school, we would love for them to be a part of our youth group on Wednesday nights at Pastor Dakota and Taylor's house. They're going to have a good time there. Uh, and so listen, sign up for a group today. I promise you, you'll be so glad that 
you did. Everybody say, so glad. So glad. So glad. And then before I dive in today, uh, I want you to know that next week, uh, we're going to start a new series called a New You, New Relationships. New You. See, we did New Year, New You. See what we did there? Now we're saying New You, continuation, New relationships, how we build healthy relationships with others. We need healthy relationships with other people, don't we? And so uh, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we'll be talking about conflict in that and how to deal with other people and, and deal with the people that, that you don't like and the people that don't like you and how to communicate with other people and how to love people and all this stuff. It's going to be great. All right. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, and you're going to be uh, glad to be a part. So anyways, let's go. Let's dive in today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, this has been our theme uh, verse or set of verses here as we conclude this series. It says this, it says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Listen, we're, we're in a war. Like you may not realize it, uh, but, but we're in a war. war. We are fighting uh, this spiritual battle. And you may not realize it. You'd be like, no, 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 I'm not fighting anything. No, no, you are fighting, uh, but, but you may not be fighting the way you thought. And in fact, if you're not fighting, then you lose. And I don't know about you, I don't like losing. I don't like losing at Uno. I don't like losing at Sorry. I don't like losing at anything. Like we play for keeps. And, uh, and so um, I, don't, I don't play for second place. We play to win. And so, or at least in my house. And so um, uh, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. So that the, the weapons that we have, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. Did you say that word with me? Strongholds, right? The things that, that, that keep on holding us back some, the things that, that keep on nagging at us that, that we're like, man, I wish this could go away. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, if you missed any of the weeks, I want to encourage you uh, to, to go listen to our podcast. And uh, you can go on iTunes or you can go on Spotify and you can look us up and we have our podcast up and we'd love for you to go listen to any of those weeks or maybe you want to re-listen uh, to those. Those are made available to you. But in week one, we talked about the truth about lies and how to replace the lies that we've been told or the lies that we've believed uh, and replace them with God's truth. Week two, we talked about addiction. We talked about uh, learning to say no to the smaller things so that when larger things happen or, or bigger things come our way, it's a little easier to say no. And then last week, we, we talked about relationships and the strongholds of sex. And so it was kind of a PG-13 type of, type of message last week. And uh, today, we're going to talk about overcoming financial strongholds. New year, new you. Uh, we're going to talk about overcoming financial strongholds. In Luke, this is Jesus talking. He says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous Mammon. Can you say that word with me? Mammon. We're going we're gonna to key in on that word in a second. That when you fail, they may receive you, basically saying when you die, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. 
And he who is unjust and what is least is unjust also is much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to yourself or who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, so you've, already, you've got some things that are somebody else's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. So, so he's saying, hey, there's, there's, there's two things out there. He's saying you're serving one or the other. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so I, I read out of the New King James, but, but the, if you read the NIV, the NIV uses the word money there. It, it actually gives you a capital M. So instead of saying mammon, it says money. It's capitalized, meaning, meaning the, the person or the spirit behind money. And if you, if you look into the New King James Version, or the King James Version, the, the Greek word is mammonis. And, and what happened is, is that they did a transliteration. They took the Greek word and they created an English word that didn't already exist. So there was no word for this, but they wanted the word to sound like the original Greek. And so they came up with the word mammon. Well, if they did this and it was that important to them, then, then what is mammon? Anybody? Like, like what is mammon? Well, mammon, mammon was a god that came from Babylon and, and actually Syria picked up this, this god uh, for themselves. It was the Syrian god of riches. And coming from Babylon, Babylon actually means in confusion. So when you have this spirit, there is confusion in the area of money. How many know some people that have been confused about this? I won't say you, but how many know some people maybe that have been confused about this topic, about money? In fact, Haggai says, I get money, but there's holes in my pocket. Like, they just fall. I reach in and I reach out and there's nothing there. It's gone. In fact, the number one cause of divorce is about money. Where it went, how it was spent, why is it gone? The frustrations, the stress that comes with handling money. There was a book that was written about Americans and two Americans, and the question was posed this. What would you be willing to do for $10 million? I mean, think about that just for a second for your own self. Like someone said, hey, I got $10 million. I know a lot of things I could do with $10 million. Anybody else? Like, let's go. <laughs> and, and so, but there, there's some people asked this question, and here were some of the responses. 25% of the people asked said that they would abandon their entire family. <laughs> like, peace out. I'm going to Jamaica. I don't know. Like, I'm out. Like, don't, don't bother me anymore. 23% um, would become a prostitute for a week or more. Some of you are like, well, there's $10 million. No, we'll pray for you. Freedom, freedom is, is coming. 16% would give up their American citizenship. 10% would withhold testimony, letting a murderer go free. 7% would kill a stranger. And 3% would put their children up for adoption. 
Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, man, I do that for free. Like, like let's go. Like, come on. I don't even need 10 mil for that. <laughs> Listen, mon- money is, is never neutral. It is not neutral. It either has God's spirit on it or it has the spirit of mammon on it. It's either God's spirit, it's submitted to God, it never replaces God, God still is on the throne, God is still number one, or mammon is the God. Mammon is the thing that is lying to us and gives us these false promises. In fact, there's a lot of lies that mammon or money may have told you or that you've heard before, but we're going to focus in on maybe we'll call it the big three lies that money maybe has told us before. The first one is this, money will make me secure. Money will make me secure. Here's the deal. It's okay if you have money. It's just not okay if money has you. It's okay to have money. It's just not okay if money has you. Proverbs, it says, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. It's their their belongings. It's their thing. It's their life. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. But if that was true, you you know that already not to be true because you, you, you see professional athletes that make tens of upon tens of millions of dollars. And when they're done a few years out of playing, They have no money. They filed bankruptcy. They're like, where did it all go? And so the question is, how much money would you need to secure your future against all imaginable eventualities? The answer is this, more than you currently have. (laughs) More than you currently have. I know, some of you are thinking, come on, interest, let's go. Come on. In Hebrews, it says, keep your lives free from the love of money, not free from money. We, we understand that money makes kind of our world tick, but keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say this with confidence, the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Maybe, maybe you need to put that inside your heart today, that the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Can you say that with me? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Second lie is money will make me significant. You cannot be defined by things because things do not make you significant i i know living the american dream and 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 living in this blessed country we we think we got to have a certain type of home and drive certain types of cars and we got to have status and we got to have titles and we got to have all this this stuff that is that makes us feel significant but but anytime you have something that makes you feel significant you end up realizing that that stuff is just stuff and it doesn't matter that stuff is going away in fact when you make heaven when you get to heaven that stuff stays here on earth it's it's not a part of your life so it's just stuff you can't be defined by your stuff 
You can't let things bring you significance. Things make you happy. They don't make you feel significant. Things that, that it, buying a new car, it makes you happy. But it can't define you and it can't make you feel significant or it shouldn't. And then he said, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And the third lie is money will make me happy. We believe the more we have, the happier we'll be. But the truth is the more a person has, the more he or she wants. It's never enough, right? You got your house, you love it. But in five years, you're itching for that bigger house, right? Come on, you just got done paying your car note off. You don't have a car note. And you're like, man, it's time for a new car. Let's, let's rack up them car notes again. The more we have just begins to make us want even more. We're never really satisfied. Listen, my son, okay, he wanted, some of our boys in this church love Beyblades. All right? <laughs> I'm talking, they, they dream about Beyblades. If you don't know what Beyblades are, they're like a modern day top that you had when you were a, when you were a kid and you used your finger to whoop, you know, and it spun for a second. These just have like a device that whoop, spin it for a lot longer and they battle each other now, all right? And so uh, they eat, sleep, and breathe these things. And so my son uh, wanted a Beyblade and we were like, we're not buying you any more Beyblades because you have a hundred of them, okay? You don't need another one. He's like, yes, I do, dad. Like, I need another Beyblade because I gotta go to church and I gotta go beat those boys. Like, I gotta beat them. And, um, and so I'm telling you, we just like to win, okay? I'm sorry. And so, and so we were like, hey, if you're, gonna, if you're going to, um, if you want a Beyblade, you have to use your own money, right? So, so you have the money to buy a Beyblade, so you can in turn, we're, we'll allow you to spend the money to buy your Beyblade. And, uh, and so what does he do? He has a hundred of them, but he thinks, you know, we looked up on Google, like the world's strongest Beyblade. And he was like, oh, it's the strongest, you know? And so, so we buy, listen, listen to me. We buy, no, we didn't buy it. He bought it. It's like a $25 Beyblade or something like that. Stupid. All right. But we're trying to teach him some lessons. We're trying to allow him to spend some of his own money. And right. So, so we're trying to teach him some things. So he gets his Beyblade in. And within like two hours, he's already like, when can I get my next Beyblade? <laughs> We're like, you just got this Beyblade. He's like, I know. But man, I, I, think, there's a, I think there's a better one. <laughs> and I'm just like, son, you just spent $25 of your own money. Enjoy this Beyblade for a little bit, all right? So hey, money, the money will not make you happy. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. In Romans 4, it says this, happy are they whose sins are forgiven, 
Come on, that's, that's something to make you happy. That, that's something to make you celebrate. Whose wrongs are pardoned. Oh, I've got some things that I'm guilty of, but because of the blood of Jesus and the work that he did on the cross for me, come on, I've been pardoned. I've been forgiven. I've been set free. Happy is the person whom the Lord does not consider guilty. Come on, put your hands together. That's something to be celebrating about today. If you're going to be happy about something, that shouldn't make you happy. And so I, I want to dive in here this last little bit today. We talked about some lies, but I want us to talk about applying this to our lives and, and how do we do that. And so let's go to scripture. Let's dive into this over the next couple of minutes. In Malachi chapter 3, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. Does the Lord change? He does not change change. His, his principles is what he's saying. His principles do not change. There, there may be methods and, 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 and modes in which we, we change things, but, but God's principles are the, day to, the same today, yesterday, and forever. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees, my laws, who I am, the principles, and you have not kept them. He says, return to me, come back, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But, but you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? He replies, in tithes and offerings. You were under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe, a tenth, into the storehouse, that, that there may be food in my house. And he says, test me. In fact, it's the only, in, in every other place, the scripture says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But he says here, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will be an F-250 in your driveway this year. Come on, somebody. Much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Then all your friends will call you blessed. Then all your co-workers at work will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I want you to know that um, myself, I, I, have, I have practiced this principle ever since I started, my, started working at 16. My very first paycheck, I was taught that 10% goes to the Lord. And so our whole entire, or my whole entire life since I've worked, every, every time I got a paycheck, every time I got increase, I got a bonus check, anytime anything happened, I mean, I was making $4.25 at Sunshine Christian Bookstore in the Woodlands Mall. It was my first J-O-B, right? But the first 10%, I made sure that I gave it to the Lord. And I, and I am, I'm proud to say this, I've never missed a tithe since I've been working. My birthday is tomorrow. I will be a young 
22. I've been, I've been working, holy cow, uh, for 24 years now, and I have never missed a tithe because it was that important to me to obey the principles of the Lord because I get it. Like, you're sitting where you're sitting, you're like, oh, God, here's the preacher talking about money again. No, 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 no. I did this before I was preaching. I did this when I was 16 years old in the youth group, not making any kind of money. And so when I'm able to stand up here today, is this is something I practiced way before I had pastor in front of my name. In fact, we're teaching our kids this. We teach them to give, to give 10, save 10, and spend the rest, right? Your spin, your spin jar has enough money to buy the Beyblade that you would like. So go ahead and spend your money. Why? Because you've, you've, you've given 10 and you've saved 10. We practice this even as a church. Even as a church, we practice this principle. In fact, the very first thing we did as a church, when there actually was nothing still, there was no sound systems and crates and trailers and, and pipe and drape and, and all that stuff. Like, but before we had anything, we actually gave to other churches. We were tithing and, and being a blessing to other people. This past year, we gave right around 14% away to missions and to, from locally and nationally and globally, we were able to give 14%, which somewhere in the neighborhood of over, a little over $40,000 we were able to give last year. So I know it works. I know it. His word says, test me. Test me in this. So you know what I do when I have financial needs? Yo, big G. I've been given. Been given what your principles say, 10%. In fact, I've really given more than 10%. So anytime you see my need, you want to rain down those blessings from heaven, like, I'll, I'll, I'm all arms, hands, baskets, whatever I got to have, I'm here. And so there's two narratives that get talked about, and they're this. One is tithers, those that give 10% of their income, tithers will tell you this. I don't know how God does it, but I'm blessed. That's what they'll say. Man, there's times in my life, I don't know how he does it, but man, I sure am blessed. And the second narrative is this. I can't afford to tithe. And maybe you've said that before. I can't afford to tithe. <clears throat> maybe you've said it this morning in your head as we're talking about it. You said, I can't afford to do that. Can I tell you this? You will never be able to tithe until you start tithing. You will never be able to tithe until you start tithing. But here's the importance of it. Hear me. Tithing is what breaks the stronghold of the devil and releases the blessings of God on our lives. Tithing breaks the stronghold of mammon on our lives so we can receive the blessings that God has for us. Have you ever had something you wanted to give your kid, but, but their attitude was 
not where it should be or, or they, were, they, they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna hold on to this until some things change. Can I tell you that God has got blessings after blessings after blessings for you and, and your life and your family and, and that he wants to let go and open the windows of heaven and, and pour it out so you don't have room to contain it, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Come on, like, like, a, like a Dr. Pepper can just like shaked up really good. Like, like he wants to, to bless you, but he's just waiting for the principle to begin to be practiced in your life. It's not, that, that's, that's not popular preaching, but that's good preaching. So, uh, uh, happy birthday. <laughs> so, uh, here we go, all right? Here we go. You have to do these three things. If you're gonna break the stronghold, if you're gonna break the financial stronghold, this is what you gotta do, all right? You gotta return the first. Everybody say that, return the first. You've gotta return the first. And you're doing it right now by being here today. You're returning the first. It's the first day of the week. You're saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna worship God. I'm gonna honor God the first day of the week. I'm redeeming my week right now by you being here. You may not even realize it, but you're giving God the first. This year, we did 21 days of prayer and fasting and we just finished yesterday was the last day. Come on, today's gonna be a great day. Come on. And, and so... Uh, but what we did was we returned the first. We said, God, we're going to give you the first part of our year, and we're going to spend it praying and fasting and believing for you to move in our lives. We do this in our family, that everything that comes in, I told you, we give back the first. And so Deuteronomy says this. It says, be sure to set aside a tenth or a tithe that, that, that your fields produce each year so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. It says this in 1 Corinthians, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, meaning that, that there's different amounts, there's different, everybody makes different incomes, but that we would take that income and that we would, that we would set aside a sum of money in keeping with what we make. God's not asking you to go broke God's just saying, would you trust me with this? Would you trust me with the first? And the way we've done it from the beginning will be the way that we will continue to do it here in our lives and here in this church. It's the principle. Uh, it's, it's what he has set out. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it or feel like it, he is working. But here's the deal. It's between you and God. It's between you and God. I said it's between you and God. But we will choose to honor him with it. Saving it up, it goes on to say. So that when I, when I come, no collections will have to be made. Meaning this, we, we teach this a lot in growth track. In growth track, we say, hey, um, we know why we do Sundays. We do Sundays so people far from God experience new life in Christ. And so, so we know the stigma that, that churches have caused uh, because of money and the misappropriation of money. And so, so on, a, on a Sunday morning, on a platform level, 
On most Sundays, we don't talk about money. If you've been here for the last two years, you would know that. We don't have many messages on money. And when we take up the offering, we don't give you another sermon about money. Uh, What we say is that when you're at home, just like the scripture says, that you each man decide in his heart what he should give, and then you would come here so that we don't have to make a special plea. We don't have to take up a special offering because the people of God believe in this house and what this house is doing, and they and you give towards it. As you do, we're able to make an impact in this city. Amen. In fact, This is the one thing that God says, test me in this. Test me in it. Test me in this. Why would you not want to test God? Dude, if God says test me in it, I'm testing him. If, remember when you were a teenager, if your parents told you that they had a new car outside, would would you be like, nah, nah. I'll be all right and just let it sit there or would you go outside and, and test drive it out? Yeah. Be like, man, I got a new car. Let's go. Like, it didn't matter. As long as it had four wheels and, and an engine, like, let's get it, right? 16 years old, right? And so why would you not test God in the one thing that he said, if there's anything to test me in, test me in this. So I'm going to be bold. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come at you just for a second. So just kind of, if you got to hold on, hold on. If you need to tune me out, tune me out. But I want to challenge you this year in 2020 to test God in this and see if God is right. In fact, I'll even be as bold as to say this. If you're like, whatever preacher, go give it somewhere else. You go give your 10% somewhere else. But I'm telling you the principles where you don't even have to be a Christian for this principle to work in your life. If you're not saved today, hopefully you will be at the end. But I'm just saying, that's good news. It works. If you're not a tither, I wanna challenge you to start tithing and watch God and his faithfulness move in your life. I promise you, God will be true to his word. In fact, I'll say this. If you start tithing and you tithe this whole year and you feel like God hasn't proved himself, then stop. Then then stop. Return the first. Second is this. We gotta steward the rest. We gotta get on a budget. We gotta get on a budget. We gotta get on a budget. When we're not on a budget, it's like driving a car and not looking at the gas gauge. If you ever ran out of gas before because you didn't check the gauge, it's the same thing financially. We gotta steward what we are given. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. As we're doing that, we got to focus on true riches. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest, a lot. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store 
my crops. Don't you feel bad for him? I have no place to store all of my grain and my riches. I don't have enough garage space to park all my cars in the garage. Come on, go modernize it a little bit, right? I don't have enough space. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my Ferrari, Lambo, Maserati, F-250. I'm just keep on throwing that in there until the Lord does it. And I will store my sur surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. I mean, like, like many years. I mean, retirement is looking good. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God says to him, you fool. He's not saying you fool because he has stuff. But he says, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. You thought you had all of this time because you had all of this stuff and, and life was comfortable and it's great if life is comfortable. I mean, like comfort sometimes, come on. Like I like it when life is comfortable. But he says, your life is gonna be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. And I want you and me to focus on true riches. And that is heaven. And that is heaven. Let's pray. Lord, we want to focus on you. Lord, we want to focus on you and, and what you have for us. God, we have so much to be thankful for as we celebrate what you've done these last two years. But Lord, your, your word says to test you in this. And I know, I know it's not a popular message, but God, I, I pray, Lord, that we, would, that we would hear that today. And Lord, that we would test you in this and that you would prove your faithfulness to those that will begin to try it. Lord, I pray that you would show up and show out in their lives. Lord, the stories that we hear about those that give, Lord, I already, I already know it works, not just in my own personal life, but in a lot of other people's. So Lord, I pray that we would be challenged today to walk out this principle. Lord, so that we can continue to make a difference and continue to see people's lives changed. Thank you for joining us on the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at myhoperising.co. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.